0: Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. Three times a week, every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at ETHOS EuroLeague. My name is Andre and these are my co hosts, Tiago Cordero and Duke Valent. Are you having a good one today, Tiak?
1: I'm fine, Andre. What about you, Duke?
2: Yeah, I'm good too. Let's get to
0: it, guys. Let's start with some programming notes. We keep receiving requests of many of you asking us to, besides covering and breaking down all the action of the EuroLeague, to use this platform to educate our listeners on the competition. And we will love to do that. It is an amazing thing that the EuroLeague is growing and the interest about it is spiking. So we decided to instead of two episodes a week, we will bring you three episodes a week, every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We will be previewing each day of each round individually, and we will be bringing you a recap of all the action of each round of the EuroLeague. In addition to that, we will be adding debates and uh, more informative segments about uh, EuroLeague players, teams, and everything that happens around the the competition. On this episode, we will be previewing the five games from March 2nd, the first day of EuroLeague Round 26, and we will debate who the best point guard of the EuroLeague is. But let's start with the news that broke recently. Unfortunate ones come from Valencia, where Kyle Alexander should miss four weeks. And with the EuroLeague market closing on March 1st, this is the last chance for teams to register new players to play for them the rest of the way. After. On the last episode, speaking about Palmaro potentially joining Barcelona, sounds like the parts are still working on reaching a deal ahead of the deadline. Looks like there is interest from both sides, but they haven't yet been able to agree on financial terms. The big news comes from Turkey, where Fenerbahce and Tyler Dorsey seem to have reached an agreement where the player will join the team for the rest of the season. And for the next one as well. Usually, these countries only have NBA out with the players still aiming to to look for an NBA career or to another chance with the NBA. Darcy is a six-four Greek American guard that will boost the talent and depth of the one of the teams that might have one of the best rosters of the EuroLeague. But before we debate that, Diogo, what do you think about Tyler Darcy as a player and? the way he will be fitting with this Fenerbahce roster? For
2: me, uh, I think Tyler is an elite EuroLeague-level player. I think he's a a very good guard uh, who can play with the ball or without the ball. Uh, A very good shooter. And I think he can help Fenerbahce a lot. I think he'll probably come off the bench, at least at first. Uh, And I think he can provide very elite scoring off the bench for them. And I think... That's an area where they need to improve. So, yeah, I think he's going to be very good for Fenerbahce and they are one of the main contenders.
0: You, you said that at least at first he would come off the bench. But if he were to start, where do you think he will start? Would they, will they go for a three-guard lineup?
2: Yeah, that probably won't happen, for uh, at least as a starting lineup, because what Nigel Hayes gives them defensively, uh, I think is very important for them. So that probably won't happen. But I think at times throughout the games, we we could see a three-guard lineup. And and I think Tyler's going to have to to close the games for them because I think he will be their best offensive player.
0: If he closes the game for them, who is sitting? Because we have seen Goodrich playing at such a high level. They have Calates, they have Wilbekin. I assume they both will be on that closing lineup. So we will have Dorsey and they will be sitting Goodrich. That has been one of the best players for them so far.
2: Yeah, I'm going to leave that for e 2 to figure it out, <laughs> but <laughs> I think they're, they're all good great options, obviously. Uh, I just think Tyler, between them, I think Tyler's the better player, so that that's yeah, the yeah. only reason.
0: Yeah, and it, it clearly makes their depth on those positions like ridiculous. And uh, mm-hmm. we will be debating on the next episode who the best EuroLeague team is, and uh, they will certainly be up there. Uh, Tiag, what are your thoughts about Fenerbahce signing Darcy? It's a it's
1: a good it was a good it, my opinion was a good signing because they were they, they didn't need uh, Tao Darcy, but they wanted to add uh, depth and quality. So it's always good if you want to to improve on that on that side. Uh, Tao is a good scorer. is a uh, a pretty good shooter too. And I uh, I see him uh, and Wilbekin playing at the same time will be a fun thing to watch. About the question that you asked, uh, Diogo, uh, it's a good addict to have to to Goodrich or to sit to seat Wilbekin or uh, Nigel Ace. It's a good addict, so uh, it's always fun to to watch uh, the coach decisions. About the about that stuff.
0: This will allow them to to decide um, who to play based on matchups, based on hot hands. They they will have uh, always options. You mentioned the, to that him and Wilburkin will be part of their closing five or stronger five. We, we can call it however we want. Do you see them playing with another guard with Kalates, for example, mm. or with go, going with more size and having Wilburkin and Dorsey being the backcourt?
1: No, they they can have, they can afford to go in a three the three guard lineup because uh, we we they need defense too. So uh, I think that Nigel Lays and even. Good reach are a good option to to keep uh, on the on the tree on the tree, tree spots.
0: They they for sure have a lot of flexibility with this roster. We are still waiting on confirmation from from the team side but uh, it seems to be very close to a done deal. We know that in the league these things are not uh, always so straightforward and sometimes you have last minute surprises so let's see if it's confirmed. But if it's confirmed, it, uh, it really boosts the the chances for Fender Fenerbahce to compete for this year's title. Let's start the previewing the round 26 and let's preview the, the first day of action. And the first game that we will have is Bayern Munich against Red Star. Coming from a very disappointing loss against Alba, Red Star is now in 13 two wins below the eight spot and the playoffs. Any game is a final for them moving forward. Uh, if they, they still aspire to, to make it all the way to the playoffs, they certainly won't have an easy path to get there. I am sure that Red Star will want to bounce back and have a, a strong showing in Munich. And with Campazzo likely being able to join the team for this one, they will come into this game uh, giving their very best. Bayern Munich won't be an easy opponent uh, for for them to do this against. Bayern ranks 8th in the rating, with uh, 113.8 points per game allowed per 100 possessions. Tia, do you think that Campazzo can be the key to unlock Red Star offense? And uh, will they get the firepower that they need to get this win against Bayern?
1: Yeah, I think that Campazzo is the is the key for for this game and for uh, the rest of the season on of I Expect him to push the pace uh, when it's on the court, because it's what is missing on Servenazvezza. Uh, because they already have Vildoza, they have a lot of power with uh, Nerovic too. But I think that Campazzo finding uh, better chances for the others to score will be a major addition for the rest of the season. So with him on the court, I expect Cervantes Vezer to win this one. It will be a good one because uh, Bayern Munich already is kind of like in a full string, not in the full string, you know that it's missing some key players, but uh, some of the guys already played in the last game. So it will be a, a good matchup.
0: Yeah, Bayern is is uh, way healthier than they have been. But they they were lacking at points, some six, seven players, and uh, that makes life harder for them. Uh, is Campazzo the, the player to watch on this game for you?
1: My opinion, yes, of course, because uh, I I think that he he want, he he is playing with a sheep on his shoulder because uh, really didn't allow him to play, so he wants to to show them a good yeah. one.
0: Especially after Argentina being surprisingly eliminated and they want to be part of the World Cup. That's something that hasn't happened in the last decade. I'm sure that uh, Campos will want to have a good one. Duke, what are your takes on this one?
2: Yeah, this is, I think this is going to be a, a very interesting game. Uh, obviously, the Campos situation that we have to, to look for. Um, I think, is like Thiago said, uh, I think Campos is going to try to push the pace. And I think he's going to do it at a higher level than the Red Star has been able to to do in the previous games. And I think that's going to help them a lot because I think they're going to control the, the turnover numbers and be more e- efficient on the fast breaks and on quick transitions. But Byron is a, is a tough team to beat. Uh, like we've, we've been saying this for a long time, Trincheri is a very good coach and he has his team very well prepared. So I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, I think I will lean towards uh, Red Star to win it, but it's going to be very tough.
0: I also lean to to Red Star to win this one, mostly because of uh, the need that they have. And I think, the, the, like Tiago said, they will want to, to prove the, their value on this one and to prove that uh, this can be a, a playoff roster. Tiago, who are you picking to win this game? Uh, Servena Vesa. So we all agree on this one. But I I also think that uh, Bayern will be able to to explore uh, or to try to find whatever are the weak spots of uh, Red Star and go for it. Uh, Diogo, how do you see Red Star using the the three elite guards that they will have on their roster now?
2: Unlike some other teams in EuroLeague, uh, I don't think they can use them three at the same time because... In terms of size, I think they are pretty small for one of them to be playing the three. So uh, I think they're they're going to try to have two of them on the court at all times. At least that's what I would do. But but I think it's going to be hard for them to use all three at the same time.
0: Having two of them on the court all the time, I think it will be imperative for them. And I think it will be very, uh, very productive for, for that team's offense. Tiago, who do you see being the two best ones to close the game? Is Nedović sitting?
1: Yeah, I, it's a shame for me, but I think that Nedović uh, is the is the the guy who, who will sit. Nedović having a, an odd night, I think that he will have to to close the game, but in the normal ways I think that he has to to go to, go to the bench to to give space to Capaz and
2: to Villosa. Do you agree, Joe?
0: Yeah, uh, I think it.
2: It depends on the game and not the matchup, but uh, I think the best option is composer with Nerovic.
0: Okay, and Vildoza will will be the one, the odd man off on this one. It will be it will be interesting to follow, but uh, it's it's good problems to have. Like we were speaking with Fenerbahce rotations, that these are the good problems to have that allow the elite coaches like Ivanovic is, to to make the, the hard decisions and help their team to to get wins. Let's continue and let's preview the the next game between Barcelona and Zalgiris. Barcelona is in a great momentum, winning uh, their last four games. They are executing at a very high level and playing at home. They probably will be a nightmare matchup for Zalgiris. With all their size and their defensive execution against a Zalgiris team that have been struggling to find offensive solutions, this might be... I see this one turning into a very hard one. When these two teams met in Cognas, Zalgiris got the seven 2372 win, for Zalgiris winning this game would be a big step in their playoff uh, hunt, where they are currently in tenth place, tidy with other five teams for for sixth. Can they do it? Yeah, can Zalgiris win think, this
1: one? I don't think so. I expect Barcelona to do the same that Real Madrid did. To close the wings and to try to stop guy like Kulanovas and Brazdeki's, and uh, I expect Alitis to not find a solution for that. So
0: Kalinic is as good as it gets to for those defensive assignments, isn't him?
1: True, <laughs> an elite.
0: Which matchups or individual performance will you be looking at on this game?
1: Kalinic on some of the, the both guys that I, that I, I told. And uh, I would like to see to, um, Isaiah Tell reverse uh, against a guy like Corey Higgins, for example. I think that uh, Satorati might stick with him, but it would be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, but uh, you are favoring Barcelona on this one. Yeah, for sure. Diog- yeah. Diogo, what, yeah, what are I- your thoughts on this game?
2: I agree with Thiago um, that this game could be similar to Real Madrid one with Zalgiris. I don't think it's going to be a 27-point blowout, but I think it's going to be a comfortable win for Barcelona. Uh, In the game in Lithuania, Mirotic was out still, and Zalgiris still had Keenan Evans. So I think that's going to factor a lot in this game. But I'm very curious to see uh, Mirotic against Roland Smith Uh, because they were teammates, they know each other, and I just love both those players. So I think it's going to be a a pretty good matchup at the four. But I yeah. expect a, a comfortable Barcelona win.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about that matchup as well myself. If you if you have to pick a way for Zalgiris to be able to 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 get this one, for me, they will have to get extremely hot from three to be able to compete. What do you see them being able to do in order to to compete for this game?
2: I really don't believe that they can, but uh, getting hot from three uh, and driving to kick it out. And basically, to create um, uh, Barcelona to go into ro- defensive rotations, uh, I think that's going to be their best option to to get open shots. But I, I just don't see it happening. Man, Barcelona has been playing very good basketball, and they're just the much better team.
0: Let's see if Salguis can find solutions and surprises, and in order to to keep their position in the hunt for the playoffs especially with them having the the final four happening at home they for sure are motivated to to do their best and try to to find a way to get there even if it's a hard one the next game on the docket is Paraty against Ephes I know I will be watching this one very closely. I think this can be a let-down spot for FS, and you guys probably will tell me that I am wrong. The FS team is motivated after their win against Asvel in the last round, but Parathinaikos is improving and started to play at a higher level. I expect Ponitka to be closer to 100% on this game. Parathinaikos is also a way better team at home with a record of 6 wins and 6 losses than on the road, where they have on only one twice. I think these are all the ingredients that we need for a great game for Ephes trailing one game behind the playoff spots. This is an important win for them. What's their path to achieve it? Yeah,
1: first they have to win this one. Uh, because with Salgir- I expect Sagiri to-, to lose the-, the next game, so Ephes will be in a much better position to-, to find their playoff spot. I'm looking forward in this game to see Clyburn versus uh, Dwayne Bacon. The two wings going back and forth will be a a fun thing to watch. Fs needs to push their purse because Panathinaikos' rotation is kind of small. Uh, I know they are, have uh, Ponitkan now, but it will be an interesting one to, to follow up.
0: Who Who would you pick to win this game?
1: I'm winning to Fish f- for sure, but I can see Panathinaikos winning this one, but I'm winning to Efez.
0: Yeah, I think it will mostly be... A, a... Well, potentially be a competitive game. It won't be surprising also to see FS performing at a high level and dominating the matchup. It can happen, but uh, I think there is this is a spot where Paratinaikos can uh, can give them some trouble. And you were making mention about Salgiris potentially losing with Barcelona and that being a way for them to get closer to the to the playoff hunt. And we we still haven't previewed this game, but we also will have a uh, Basconia Valencia where one of the teams will have to lose. So this is really a very good chance for FS to. Catch up and to, to get there. So this is a must win for them for sure. Do you do you do you agree with Tiago?
2: I agree. I, I'm also leaning FS. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I also agree that the matchup between Gwen Bacon and Will Clyburn is going to be very good to watch. But for me, um I, what I think FS needs to do in this game, uh, obviously, like Tiago said, and like we've been saying for weeks now, they need to push the pace. But I think they got to punish Panathinaikos inside. Because uh, besides Papadjianis, Panathinaikos doesn't really have another option uh, at the center spot with Gudaitis being hurt. So, and Efes, not that they are amazing centers, but they have Zizic, Lice, Dunstan, Singleton can play the four or the five. So I think they have a lot of options. And I know Ataman is not known for his rotations. But I think he will need to to switch up between them and punish the Panathinaikos inside to create fouls on Papa Giannis, and then they can just dominate. I think that's the, their best way to do it. But yeah, I think Athens is going to win this game, be, mostly because they have to, like they have no choice here. So yeah, that's my that's my take on this game.
0: I am going against you guys, and I'm picking Panathinaikos to win this one. I, I just think there is a real <laughs> chance here. And I just think that um, this can really be a letdown spot for IFAS. For I wonder, and I would like to hear your guys' opinion about this. We saw in the, the last game Derek Williams having a, a good game and giving some trouble to the, the force of um, of Milano. Uh, Efes has uh, good options, but um, they lack some size on that position as well. Do you guys think that he can be, again, a key for Paratinakos on this one and uh, replicate the good performance he had on the last one?
2: Derek Williams, obviously, has been uh, very good for Paratinakos and he, he has has had success offensively in the last couple of games. Uh, I think it's going, like we said, we mentioned uh, Dwayne Bacon and Will Clyver, but I think uh, Elijah Bryant um, can rotate with Will, guarding both Bacon and Derrick Derek Williams. So I think between those four guys, we're going to have very interesting matchups. Uh, I think all of them are, are going to have good games because they're all very good players. But I just think FH, in, in the end, has more talent. And I think they're going to come out on top. But uh, I believe uh, Derrick Williams can have a very good game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tiago are the, the forwards the keys for this game.
1: I think so because uh, both sides of uh, both side, both teams uh, both teams uh, the forwards are the are the major uh, contributors on the offensive, because you got Will Claiborne on one side and uh, Bacon and Derek Williams on the other. I can see a guy like Amath Mbai uh, sticking with Derek Williams. Uh, but I think that Derek Williams will have a, a upper hand on
0: this one. Yeah, Mumbai that you just mentioned is uh, for me one of the keys for the success of the of F as the the rest of the way, and I think that that will be a, an interesting matchup for us to to be looking at as well. But moving on to the to the next game, and we will have this is I will label this one as the Tiakordair match matchup of the week. <laughs> we will have Partizan against Alba. We Partizan uh, was the protagonist of uh, one of the more exciting games of the last round. They came out short against uh, Fenerbahce, where they lose by three points at home. On the other hand, we have Alba that comes into this game as the surprise of the previous round, where they surprisingly blew out Red Star in, uh, in a road win. Partizan leads the five-team tie for sixth place and I am certain that they will want to control this game and get this win Can Alba surprise us once again on their Serbian road trip Yeah,
1: I don't think so on this one I think it will be a bounce-back game uh, from uh, Partizan uh, and it will and Alba Berlin doesn't have a uh, match to stop Partizan scorers like Pointer or even uh, Dante Exum so I I expect a uh, a partisan win in the ten point range, and I'm looking forward to see uh, my guy proceed going against uh, Tander Exum. It'll be a fun a fun thing
2: to watch. Yo, what's your takes about this one? Yeah, uh, I agree that Alba won't be able to 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 repeat the upset um, like they did against Red Star. Uh, But I just think that Matthias Lasort is going to dominate this game because Alba doesn't really have a a center or at least a reliable center. So I think he's going to have a very good game. I think he's going to dominate the paint. And overall, the partisan has more talent all around uh, on on the wings, uh, even at the guard spot. So... I think Partizan is
0: going to get a, a comfortable win. Uh, I agree with you guys. I'm also picking Partizan on this one. And from the Thiago Cordaire matchup of the week, I'm moving on to Diogo Valente matchup of day one <laughs> of round 26. Monaco versus Maccabi. We'll have guard play all over the place. This will be, at the very least, a very entertaining game to follow. The 5th Monarch will be welcoming the 8th Maccabi, both teams with very strong offenses and both teams struggling on defense. Monarch has the 6th most points scored per game and the seven most points allowed, while Maccabi has the eight most points scored and the 6th most points allowed per game. This should be a high-scoring affair where Monaco is, in my opinion, favorite. Maccabi has a 3-10 road record this season and getting this win will be a massive for their playoff aspirations.
1: Can they do it, Jaeg? I think that Monaco will win this one. Uh, I think that Maccabi uh, will have a good one. I think that this will be a high-scoring game. But Monaco playing at home can't afford to lose this one. And I see Maccabi trying to do what uh, Barcelona did to Mike James. But the difference here is that uh, they're lacking defense as we, as you mentioned. It. So uh, they can't afford to do that for the whole game. So I,
2: I'm picking Monaco to win this one.
0: Duke, who's scoring more points? Which guards are scoring more points on this game?
2: <laughs> uh, probably Mike James. Uh, but... Like you said, uh, this is to me is my matchup of the week, uh, not only in teams-wise, but also players, because with Lorenzo Brown, Wade Baldwin, Mike James, Elio Cobo, Jordan Boyd, I mean, when you talk about guard play, I think this is just the, the elite level of it. So I can't wait to watch this game. I think it's going to be, like you guys said, a high-scoring game, very competitive, and I'm going to give the edge to Monaco uh, just because uh, in in the game in in Tel Aviv uh, Monaco was leading the the whole game and then in the second half Maccabi came back and ultimately got the win so i think Monaco is going to have like a revenge game here but i think it's going to be pretty close and i think it's going to be the the game of the week
0: it will be for sure one of the most entertaining games this week and it's a must watch for it's way more important in terms of standings for uh, for Maccabi because uh, Monaco just has this uh, two wins uh, advantage over those five teams that are tied for sixth place, giving them some comfort. They, of course, they won't want to slide, but with uh, nine rounds left in the EuroLeague, I don't think. Uh, uh, Monaco's place in the, the playoffs is really at risk at this moment. Winning this one will be huge for, for Maccabi, but uh, I also agree that uh, Monaco are our favorites. But let's continue with uh, guard play and uh, let's uh, figure out who the best point guard of the Euroleague is. For this, we had our two experts, Tiago Cordaire and Diogo Valente selecting their top five point guards in the League. Uh, as we know, and everybody that follows basketball knows, basketball is more and more a positionless game, and um, sometimes it's hard to define a, a player's position. We know that some players can play both, both guard positions, some players are guards forwards... That's okay. We will just um, we will just define for us who are the the top five best point guards in the EuroLeague, and we will debate who the best one is. We have uh, several contenders, and according to the player index rating, we have players like Misic, Mike James, Lorenzo Brown. We have Slokas we have Chris Jones, we have uh, Musa, even we have Nando De Colo, we have Wade Baldwin, Dante Exum. We have a lot of big names that can can be part of this uh, of this mat. Let's start with Diogo. And uh, who were your your notable misses who didn't make to your top five?
2: Okay. Uh, to start off, I just want to say. My list, uh, obviously we can argue if guys are point guards or shooting guards. Uh, and I, I was debating if I was going to go with the best point guards in terms of like floor generals or just the best players playing the position. And I think I went with the best players at the position. So I just want to mention that Napier and Composo did not make my list because they didn't play enough games for to be considered. Okay. And then my honorable mentions are Chris Jones, from uh, Valencia and it's Nicolaitis from Fenerbahce. Uh, Tiago, I know you're going to be mad at me, but I, I just think the other five guys are better players.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow. 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 This is shocking. <laughs> this is shocking. This is very promising. <laughs> Tell me something, Doug. Since you mentioned Napier and uh, Campazzo, where would you rank them on your top five? If uh, we don't know yet your top five, that's okay. But where would you rank them? How high would uh, would you rank them? Because I, I'm assuming that you will have them on your top five.
2: I think Napier would probably be an honorable mention as well, and but Campazzo would certainly be in my top five, probably at number three.
0: Okay, Very, maybe
2: four, three, four. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's looking forward to see your top five without Kalatis. That's 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 a big that's a big <laughs> Tiago. Who are your honorable mentions? And don't tell me that Kalatis is one of them.
1: Hell no, Kalatis uh, is 100% of my top five. My honorable mention, uh, I would put Costas Lucas, Darius Thompson. Unfortunately, I have to put in and Evans. You he, he was making a good one, a good season. And Chris Jones from, from Valencia too. Let's start okay. from... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I am very curious about your
2: top five now.
1: <laughs> Sorry, uh, but uh, spoiler alert, uh, Misic is a uh, shooting guard for me. Okay, oh, okay. so it's not on okay. my... Okay? Okay,
2: okay.
0: No, that's absolutely fine. Like, like we, we spoke in the beginning. <laughs> so we have our criteria. We have Nick Calatas outside of one of our top fives. Let's get to <laughs> it. We start from bottom to top, and let's start with you. Who is your in your in fifth place as the best point guard in EuroLeague?
2: For me, my fifth place. Uh, this might be a little bit of recency biased, but what he's been doing this year, uh, I I think I I had to put him in here, uh, and I have Thomas Welcome from Olympiakos. I think uh, I didn't put Slukas because Slukas comes off the bench, and I think Thomas Welcome carries most of the weight, uh, mostly when Lucas is off the bench, but also when he's in, uh, and I think he's the best guard defender in EuroLeague. So I took that into consideration and I have another thought.
0: Tiago, what about you? Who is your fifth place?
2: In my fifth spot,
1: I got uh, a point guard from Basconia, uh, from United States, uh, Marcus Howard. He's is is, um, a good three point shooter. He's having a good season. Uh, and I like him a lot. The way he's playing is for sure in my top five.
0: So we have defense against offense in fifth places of your both of your top 5 But for sure, two deserving players that uh, deserve to be in consideration in this in this conversation. Diok, who is in fourth for you?
2: My, my fourth um, is the point guard from Czech Republic. Uh, I have Thomas here. I think he's one of the best leaders uh, in EuroLeague. Uh, one of the best floor generals, and just his size at the position, that allows him to to play defense and to bother other guards. I think his impact on Barcelona's team is unmatched, so yeah, I have him top four.
0: Thomas Saturansky is certainly one of the best guards in the EuroLeague. Uh, Tiago, who do you have on on fourth place?
1: My fourth spot, I got uh, the Greek guard from Fenerbahce, Nick Um, He's such a a good leader in such a uh, good floor general, so I have to put him on the fourth spot. Unfortunately, uh, the top guys that I have are kind of like better versions of him, two of them, so yeah, I I had to put him on the fourth spot.
0: I must confess, when I look at the point guard position, I think about floor generals and the uh, leaders for the team. and. I guess your fourth places were would be on my top two, so I'm I'm very interested to see where where we are heading and who who will be the the best point guard of the EuroLeague. Let's move on, Diogo. Who is in third place for you?
2: My third place, I have Maccabi's point guard, the American guard that uh, plays for Spain, uh, Lorenzo Brown. I think he's having an amazing season. Uh, I think you can argue he's the best playmaker in EuroLeague. I think he's up there with Mike James and those guys. But his impact on Maccabi's team has been, obviously, you, we can all see um, how they did without him. So I think he's a top three point guard in EuroLeague. Uh, his playmaking ability is insane. So I have him above Satoransky. He was very, very close, but but I haven't talked to
0: him. What about you, Pierre?
2: Uh In my third spot, I got Lorenzo Brown too.
1: Uh, same as Diogo, as yes, for the same reasons. Uh, I would, I was considering to put him on the second spot, but my second spot uh, is a better offensive player than Lorenzo Brown, so.
0: Okay, so give it to us. Who is in your second spot? Okay.
1: My second spot is Mike James from uh, the, the American guard from uh, Monaco he's having a, a good year he's uh, on an he, MVP race um, you, can, you can know the difference when he's, he's on the court and he's off the court is the in my opinion is an elite uh, in, in my opinion is an elite scorer uh, the, better, the better one in EuroLeague
2: this season so
1: yeah I got him on the second spot.
0: Okay, Do you, what about you? Who is second?
2: Yeah, uh, my number two is also Mike James I think he's probably the best scorer at the guard position. He's just a very complete guard, even though he's undersized. Uh, I think, like Lorenzo Brown, his playmaking ability is off the charts. And yeah, I think he's, like we we talked about in the previous episode, he's number two on the MVP race. So I got to have him top two.
0: So he's number two on the MVP race. The number one is a power forward. Therefore, he's second on the point guards. Is my math correct? (laughs) Your math
1: is
2: correct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So give it to us. Who is the number one point guard of the Euroleague for you, Duke? Uh,
2: My number one point guard is um, from FH, Vasil Misic. Uh, Even though you can argue he plays two, uh, I think Shane Larkin is more of the scorer, and uh, Vasil Misic has more of the ball handling uh, duties. So I think I, I consider him the point guard. I just think his ability to play the picking role, to drive and to, to get to the lane is very high. So, I don't know, man. Like, looking at what he's done uh, in his EuroLeague career, being a champion back-to-back, MVP multiple times. So, I think he deserves this. And he's obviously still a great player. The team is just not having the success uh, like these other guys. But he's still an elite point guard. And I think he's the best point guard in your.
0: I wouldn't argue about... Uh... Misic level, he is elite. He's one of the best players in the EuroLeague. What I want to ask you is like, what makes you put Misic ahead of Mike James on this season of the EuroLeague as the best point guard?
2: Yeah, I I think size matters. And Mike is not a a great defender. Uh, Offensively, he's maybe as good, maybe even better than Misic. I think Misic is a more complete player, though. That's the only reason.
0: Yeah, it's, it's easier to to build around Misic and uh, his size uh, gives him some advantages in relation to, to Mike James that you just said. Uh, so I, I do understand why would you have him in first place. But you already said that uh, Misic will be in the shut, shooting guard position for you, Tiago. So who is your your number one point guard?
1: You, you just need to do the math. So... My number one spot uh, is a guy from Barcelona, from Czech Republic, a former NBA player too, uh, is Tomas Haterensky. He's a better version of Nick Caleris and a younger version too. He he controls the pace of the game uh, in a better way than those guys that, that I previously mentioned. And the difference here uh, with him and Caleris is that he... Is a good, he's an offensive threat in the scoring way, so I have to put him on the number one uh, spot. Yeah,
0: and also, like you uh, just mentioned, Misic, his size gives him uh, uh, an advantage and makes him a more effective defensive player on the other side of the course. All right, guys, we went over our top fives of best point guards in the EuroLeague. We break down the players and we debated why they rank where they rank. you give us your final top five from first to to fifth.
2: So my number one is Vasil Misic. Number two, Mike James. Number three, Lorenzo Brown. Number four, Thomas Saransky. And number five, Thomas Walkup. And honorable mentions to Chris Jones and Nick Calares.
0: Tiago, what about you? Give us your top five from first to to fifth.
1: So Thomas Satorensky, Mike James... Lorenzo Brown, Nick Calares, and Marcus Howard.
0: Very well, guys. This was another episode of European Hoops. Make sure to tune in Thursday when we will preview all the action of day two of round 26 and debate who the best shooting guard of EuroLeague is. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, our daily picks, must-watch games, injury reports, and our trades in the end of each day of competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is André and I'll be seeing you guys soon.
1: Thank you guys, hope you enjoyed the same as we did and stay tuned for more. Thank
2: you guys, see y'all next episode.
0: You know when you're listening to a
2: true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast,
0: People Are The Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.